Welcome to the teaching ministry of Bishop Daniel Harley, the resident pastor of Christ Our Hope Cathedral, Kudumansville, and overseer of the KZN Council of Churches. Bishop Daniel Harley is a son of Bishop Dag Hewitt Miller, the founder and bishop of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. Bishop Daniel Harley has a strong passion for missions and evangelism and has preached the gospel over many years. Join us now for a life-changing experience. Lift your hands and let us pray. Father, thanks a million for this blessed opportunity in your presence. Speak your word to us. We humble ourselves and we yield to your word and to your spirit. Let your word bring direction. Let your spirit bring conviction in the name of Jesus. Guide us in the way whither we should go in the name of Jesus. Let us leave this place blessed equipped, transformed, informed, and advanced in our walk with you. In the name of Jesus, you will receive the glory. You will receive the praise forever and ever. And everybody said, Amen. Say your biggest Amen. Say your loudest Amen. Give the Lord a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Wonderful. You may be seated in the presence of God. Wow, it's good to see everybody. And I believe everybody is blessed. If you believe you are blessed, say amen. amen. Not being blessed is an unfortunate group. So believe that you are blessed. I say if you believe you are blessed, say amen. amen. Wonderful. So it's a pleasure to be with you and to speak the word of God to you. I'm believing God that in the next hour, God will reveal his mind concerning you to you. Amen. amen. Say amen. amen. So let's get into it. We've been talking about seven great principles, okay? And I said I'm talking about seven great principles of seven different things, all right? I don't know if, if you are confused, it's good. Just seven times seven, 49. So I'm sharing with you 49 different principles, but they are broken into seven groups, all right? And I said a principle is how something works, okay? A revelation or a deep knowledge of how something works, okay? And I'm preaching from my little book here called Seven Great Principles, okay? Seven Great Principles is written by my pastor and bishop, Doug Heward Mills. This is the book. Get a copy and then you will be blessed. Amen. Say another amen. amen. So I've already talked to you about, I said, if you understand principles, you know how things work. You can develop your life from there. Is that not so? Good. So I talked to you about seven great principles of salvation, which helps us to understand our salvation and know how salvation works so that we can develop our walk with God from there. The key lesson from there is that you and I, we are spirits. We live in a body. We have a soul. And we must grow the spirit so that the spirit can rule the body and the mind so we can enjoy our Christian life. We also talked about seven great principles of a great change. I said that when you are born again, God expects there to be a change. You can't be the same that you were a pickpocket before you got born again. Now you have become an armed robber. It's not, it's not acceptable. 
Do you get it? God expects there to be a change. You have slept with everybody on the street. When you become born again, you stop sleeping with people on the street. Do you get it? There must be a change, and that change comes from inside, and it shows on the outside. All right? Wonderful. And we also talked about seven great principles of what? Spiritual growth. Is that not so? Yeah. And we, saw, we all found our level last Sunday where we are. And I'm saying that there's no problem with where you are. There's a problem when you stop growing. Amen. There's no problem with your current age, whether you are 42, 39, 27, 17. But when you stop growing, you start dying. Do you get it? You start dying. So for as long as you are alive, you have to keep growing spiritually as well. No, but until you become like Jesus, you have to keep growing. Amen. The same way every year you celebrate your birthday or your birthday comes and another year is added to your age. Nobody reaches the point where you don't need to grow again. I am growing day by day. Every day I'm making an attempt to grow. You must also make an attempt to grow. Amen. So don't be angry at your level. Do you, do you get I met somebody who's, who had a birthday this week. I said, how old are you? The person said, I don't want to mention my age anymore. Do you get it? I said, no, it's not about, it's not that. There are things to do. There, you can't do anything. It's inevitable. You must grow. Do you get it? But there are things to do so that 42 looks like 27. Do you get it? There are things to do so that 51 looks like 25. Amen. I saw a 70-year-old lady. She looks like 27. Yeah, she looks like 27. She says she runs to work. She cycles to work. That's her life. She doesn't use drive Uber. No, 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 no. 70. Do you get it? Uh So there are things to do. The same way spiritual, no matter how old you seemingly are, you have to still keep growing. The problem starts when you think you have grown enough and you stop growing. Because when you stop growing, you start dying. Put your hands together for the word of God. Today, I want to talk about seven great principles of a peculiar life. Seven great principles of a peculiar life. Say amen. 1 Peter 2 verse 9. We wanted to read the whole of 1 Peter 2, but you know the way the principles go. So when you go home, read it. Let's save a little time, but let's read verse 9. It says, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. This scripture, many of us have seen it before. We quote it all the time. Now we have to live it. Amen. How many of you want to see this scripture come to pass in your life? Today is your lucky day. You've just won the jackpot. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So the Bible says that you are a chosen generation. Look, a boy didn't choose you. Jesus has chosen you already. John 15, 16, Jesus said, you have not chosen. I have chosen you. You have not chosen. A man doesn't need to choose you. God has already chosen you. And I was in my school. They were chosen people. They never chose. God has already. The most important person in this world has chosen you. Yeah. A royal priesthood, which means that God has chosen us to be kings and priests. 
Revelation 10, 5, Bible says he has, chose, he has called us unto our God to be kings and priests. Revelation 5, 10, he has called us unto our God to be kings and priests. Yeah. So we are, I mean, you don't need to be jealous of the Zulu queen or the, you are already a, a queen, a princess, a queen, a king. Your God has already, heaven, you will see your kingdom. Hallelujah. Go back to where we were. These ones are just by the way, just by the way, they are not in my notes. So go back to the one in my notes. Two nine, one, two, nine. Good. A holy nation. As a church, God has chosen us as a holy nation. A holy nation, holy means something that is set apart. A nation that is set apart for God. Okay, then it says, a peculiar people. Why has he done all these things? So that we show the, his praises for calling us out of darkness into his marvelous light. So God wants his people to be peculiar. Now, Mr. Pastor, what does peculiar mean? I think that will throw the preaching into, will, will kickstart the preaching. To be peculiar means to be different. It means to be set apart. It means to be odd. It means to be unusual. Hallelujah. I thought you would put your hands together. God wants his people to be different. God wants his, after you are born again, after there's change in your life, you are growing spiritually. God wants us to be different. He wants us to be, to be odd. He wants us to be set apart. He wants us to be unusual. Unusual means God doesn't want you to be a regular Joe. Yeah, and come on, he doesn't want you to be like everybody around. Many of us are trying to fit in. Meanwhile, God is trying to make us stand out. And when people are standing out, God is trying to make us outstanding. And when people are outstanding, God is trying to make us the standard. Yeah. No, we also have these rhyming things. If you dare us, we'll start to use it. You'll be surprised. <laughs> yeah, we'll start. We also have them. Yeah. <laughs> so God wants his people to stand out. Today's Christians, although we are born again, we want to fit in. We want to be like everybody else. All girls are dressing loosely. You want to dress loosely too so that you fit in. You, God wants you to stand out as a Christian. So when everybody is dressing loosely, I mean, you, God wants you to, you can't dress as a Christian girl and all your breasts and your personal private belongings are in the open. You can't live such a life. That's not the life God wants you to live. So today, when you see Christians and you see unbelievers, there is no peculiarity. There's no difference. You, you don't stand out as a Christian. Of course, some of you haven't been around for some time and having such a powerful pastor like myself, I've been preaching to you for some time. On Sundays, you don't look like that, but during the week, because you know for a fact that when you come on Sunday and I see it, I will say it. Nine, 
10 triple nine. See something, say something. When I see it, even this morning as I walk into it, I saw somebody with all her breasts in the open. I said, you can't bring all your breasts to church like that. Leave some at home. I said, there's too much of your breasts for the church to see. It's not necessary. We came to hear the word of God, not to do anatomy. So on Sundays, you are not like that. But when we go to your Facebook, when we check your status, the things we see, we don't know the difference between unbelievers and, and us as Christians. Your, your friends cheat, you also cheat. Yeah, 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 yeah. They write exams, they cheat. You also write exams, you cheat. Meanwhile, you are born again. Meanwhile, God is saying that I want my children to be peculiar. I want them to be special. I want them to stand out. So when everybody is doing something, you say, no, it's not consistent. It's not in line with the word of God. I will not do this. Yeah, you see Christians, Christian girls. You know, one of the surprises I'm having as I'm growing up is that girls are perhaps badder. Do you know bad? The extra of bad, extra bad, badder than boys. UKZN girls. Badder than boys. Yeah, 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 yeah. First, when I was growing up, I thought boys were badder. Then at a point, I thought, okay, it's level. But now, oh, no, 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 no. UKZN girls have taken it to next level. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can say that girl, say amen. Hey, Lizzie, what's my word? Kikiza, ne? Yeah, Kikiza, you can say that girls. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you. I learned this yesterday. Yeah, Kikiza, wow. <laughs> yeah, but God wants us to be peculiar. How many of you are ready for, to be special? To stand out, to do things differently. So that when somebody sees you, they say, There must be something about this girl. There must be something about this guy. This guy is different from everybody. There's something I don't know. You see, when Nicodemus came to see Jesus, you see, Israel is full of traditional, Israel is full of teachers. So when he came to see Jesus, he didn't understand spiritual things or anything. He said to John chapter 3, He said, there was a certain man named Nicodemus. The same came to see Jesus and said, Rabbi, thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these things except God be with you. God is with you. He said, the way he saw Jesus, he said, we have had so many teachers. But the way you are, there's something different about you. And the only explanation I can give is that God is with you. God must be. He didn't know anointing and all these things. So he didn't know how to say, but he said, there's something, you this Jesus guy. I don't know who you are. I don't know anything about it, but there's something different. May somebody look at you and say, there is something different about you, truly. There's something different about this guy. There's something different about it. When people are gossiping at your office, you should be able to say that, no, no, no. If you have something to say about the boss, go and tell the boss directly. Yeah, 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 I'll tell him. Go and tell the boss yourself. Instead of sitting here being cowards and speaking behind the person's back. Yeah. Amen. Amen. When people 
are gossiping and talking bad about your pastor, you should be able to stand up and say, no, 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 no. This ain't right. We all know where the pastor will be on Sunday from 10 o'clock to at least 1 o'clock. Why don't you go there and tell him what you are saying right now? But you can sit down and rather serve serve the gossip's coffee with sugar and milk. Yeah. And biscuits on the side. Yeah, serve them. We don't want to talk about that today. <laughs> Kiki Zawena, Kiki Zawena. <laughs> so we want to look at seven great principles of a peculiar life. In record time, seven great principles of a peculiar life. Principle number one. After you are born again, accept that you are set apart to be a peculiar person with a peculiar life. Principle number one, after you are born again, accept that you are set apart to have a peculiar, to be a peculiar person with a peculiar life. Should I say it again? After you are born again, accept the keyword here. Accept that you are set apart to be a peculiar person with a peculiar life. Accept it. Don't fight it. Accept it. That's the life. Niggas, champions, Jameses. Do, do, do you understand what I'm saying? Uh-huh. It's church, okay. It's not a television, it's not a soccer program. All, all three of you. Yeah, listen to me or, or go home. Eh, what pastor can say? Go, if you came to listen to me, then listen to me. If you didn't come to listen to me, go home. Save yourself the time. You say to go and study. Yeah, so that it's not like you have been in prison here. You don't benefit anything here and you, do, you lose the time as well. You only live once. YOLO. Titus 2 verse 11. I'm reading through to verse 12. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared to all men. Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously and godly in, in this present world, looking for that blessed hope. And the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Who who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. Zealous of good works. Bible says that, go back two verses. That the, the grace of God that helps people to be saved, it has appeared to all of us. Salvation has come to us. And once salvation has come to us, what is it teaching us? It is teaching us, verse 12, that we should deny, we should, we should put aside ungodliness and worldly last things that people in the world, unbelievers do. We should put it aside, but rather we should live righteously and godly in this world. 13, we should live right. I'm just explaining this guy. Go to looking for that blessed with the hope and the mind that one day 
Jesus will appear. Jesus will appear. One day Jesus will appear and he will come and take us. So let our eyes be on that and let us live a godly life. Let us accept that the life God has called us to live is a godly life. And says, Jesus, he gave himself for us to redeem us from sin, to buy us, to buy us back from sin and purify us unto himself. To what type of life? A peculiar people, a special people. So when you are being a Christian, sometimes you'll be in a group, you look odd. You look odd. But accept it and live the life. Accept it and do what? Live the life. I said, many of us want to please our friends, so we do anything they do. Even things you don't like to do. You do it because your friends are there. Accept it. That's the life God has called. If you can't accept this reality, you will always struggle with your Christian life. Always. But if you accept it, now these things will start to come into your life. You start, you wonder, you wonder why when we are, we as Christians, we are just happy, we are stable by the grace of God. We don't go and come, we don't, we don't have excursions today, we feel like we are born again tomorrow, we feel we are, no, 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 no. It's these principles that we have learned and guided our lives by. So doing what we are doing is a happy life, it's an easy life. Yeah, yeah. Living a godly life is not a struggle. No. It's a struggle for you because you have not gotten deep into these principles to understand, to accept them. That's why it's difficult for you. It's difficult for you to stop lying. It's difficult for you to stop cheating. It's difficult for you to obey the word of God. It's difficult for you to come to... You have not accepted that it's a kind of life that God wants you to live. Principle number two. you are born again, principle number two. Accept that you are set apart to be a peculiar person with a peculiar life by physical separation from unbelievers. This one is big. After you are born again, accept that you are set apart to be a peculiar person with a peculiar life by physical separation from unbelievers. Accept it that you have been set apart to have a peculiar life. By physical, how do you have that? By physically separating yourself from unbelievers. Second Corinthians chapter number 6. I'm reading from verse 40. It says, Be ye not unequally yoked with unbelievers. Don't mix up with unbelievers. The Bible says, Don't mix up with unbelievers. Don't mix up with them. For what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? No fellowship. What does righteousness and unrighteousness have in common? Nothing. What communion has light with darkness? Have you seen light and darkness mixed before? I'm asking you a question in Zulu. I said, have you seen light and darkness? How do you say light? Lizwi is what? Kanya. Bright. Okay. 
and darkness is what? Nyama. Ubum nyama. Have you seen ukanya and ubum nyama mixing before? Do you get ubum kanya? Never. Never. When you turn off the light, darkness fills the place. When you, when you turn the light back on, the light comes, the darkness disappears. There's no interaction between light and darkness. The light shineth in the darkness, John 1, 5, and the darkness cannot hold it forth. Next verse. Oh, gee. What concord has Christ with Belial? Now, this word concord here is not the aeroplane concord. It's like, what agreement? What agreement has Christ and Belial is another name for the devil. What, what agreement has Jesus with, the, with Satan? And what part, no agreement, and what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? An infidel is somebody who doesn't believe. What do they have in common? Next one. And what agreement had the temple of God with idols? For ye are a temple of the living God, as God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Verse 17. Wherefore, because of these things we have read, it says, come out from among them. Physically separate yourself from unbelievers. Physically. Practically. And physically. Separate yourself from unbelievers. And be separate. Say yet the Lord. And touch not the unclean thing. And I will receive you. And I will be a father unto you. And you shall be my sons and daughters. Say yet the almighty God. You need to come out from unbelievers. You can't. Your best friend cannot be an unbeliever. Your best friend is a, is a Muslim. It cannot be. Cannot be. Now, pastor, how do we separate? Since we are with them in school, you can't separate yourself from them. You go to school with them, you're in the same class. Oh, I won't go to class because there's, a, there's an unbeliever in the class. No. You go to work, they are, they are everywhere around us. Do you get it? So you can't mix with them closely. Like you go to school. All your best friends in school, they are unbelievers, staunch unbelievers. You cannot. You cannot. You have to separate from them. Some of you don't want to separate from your, your friends who you were unbelievers with before you got born again. You don't want to separate. Even when we visit you and we meet your friends, you see your friends, are you yourself, you are uncomfortable. Because you know the way your friends are. They can easily say something right now to destroy your Christian life. Dave, listen to me. say something right now. I mean, have you not been somewhere where you know somebody, the way she can run her mouth, you are just praying that she won't say anything as we are there. Maybe sometimes it's a family gathering. You know this, your auntie. She's, look, if you take, if you take Satan, you take witches. She's like the next grade. She's like the next grade. So, as I, and then maybe a pastor has come to, I've been invited to so many family events. They invite me and they are praying that at a particular time I will leave. Yeah, they are praying that at a particular time I will leave. So when I can, so I should do a prayer. Then after I've said, when I was young, I used to go to this. As I grow, I say, oh, this are hypocrites. I won't do these things anymore. 
you also come to church, you to pray. God hears your prayer. Just pray. Because it's deception. So when I come, they are all there. Everybody's wearing white. Yeah, you think you are in heaven. Then they will say, oh, uh, please, can we welcome a pastor, pastor emeritus, doctor, almighty, Daniel Harley. Then they come and say, after you pray, then they, they just give, it's not even time for food. Though. They give you food so you can eat and go. Yeah, then when you, as soon as you go, everybody takes off the white. You'll be surprised. They are wearing bikinis and things. They, they just start boom, boom. Yeah. Yeah. Then the cooler boxes come out. Then they start pulling the alcohols from inside. Oh, I've seen it so many. Now I'm so experienced, I don't even waste my time. That's all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll find one, one of the very soon. We are going to have a lot of pastors in the church. I find this type of Lungani type of guys who are in the church. Yeah, go to uh, in Zamo. Pastor Zamo, go to this event. You, I mean, let's stop pretending. You already know what you are going to do, so why don't you do it? Why don't you start early instead of wearing white? They are wearing it like you see the doctor's lab coat. My wife has one. They wear white, they cover the as soon as you leave, no, whoo, they all take it off. Then now you see life. Yeah. Where you were sitting, it's like grass. So by the time they pull the grass, it's a pool already. Hey. Come out. Look, I went, let me tell you something. Let me tell you. This. I went for an event like that. Then I left. When I left, then I remembered I left something there after about two hours and I drove there again look do you understand when Jesus said Eli Eli lama sabachthani yeah that day I understood that verse from the Bible when I arrived at that time I was driving a green car when my car parked in front of the place you could see things move you could it was almost like a, an earthquake stamping you know the way when you enter into a place and you turn on the light and the cockroaches start to run and they run yeah people were entering into tables some people were jumping into other people's pockets everything How do you say uh, the pastor has come in closer? Nanku pastor. Yeah, Nanku pastor, no lady pastor. Yeah, I forgot. Thank you. Nanku pastor, no lady pastor. Come and see people disappearing. Have I told you the story of a guy who was smoking in his room and then his father opened the door? My children know how I walk. Like when my door opens, they can't tell whether it's myself or it's my wife. I didn't know. So recently, I asked, hey, how did you know? They said, you, there's a way you walk. And there's a way mommy walks. So we can just tell from the footsteps that this one is daddy. So I have not reached there and said, daddy. <laughs> so I used to wonder how they know that it's me. So one day I asked them and then they explained to me. So this guy, I'm sure he heard his father walking in the midst of the garden, in the cool of the day. And because he was smoking, he hid himself. So the, 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 the piece, what do you call it? The, 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 the spliff. He, he turned it into his mouth. And he closed his mouth. So when the father opened the door, he was hoping that he would just say something and go. And he kept on talking. 
He was talking, the guy was there, and suddenly the guy started to cry. So then the father asked him, ah, why are you crying? So, daddy, now when I open my mouth, then smoke starts to come out of my mouth. I think I'm sick. Clap your hands for Jesus. Church of God, let, you need to physically separate yourself from unbelievers. You cannot have a close concord, a close relationship, a close fellowship with people who don't believe in God. You can't. You cannot. Else you won't do well as a Christian. You will not do well as a Christian. It's a hard truth, but that's the truth. It's the Bible. Eh? Where is the love of God? It's the Bible. Ask the Bible where the love of God is. Don't ask me. Ask the Bible. You sit in your house conveniently say, where is the love of God? Because today it's convenient for you to ask such seemingly clever questions which expose your naivety and ignorance. Yeah, but it's, conven- it's convenient for you so you can ask such a question. Don't, next, don't ask me that question again. Ask the Bible. Ask the Bible because it's the Bible that said it. He said, come out from the, among them and be separate. Touch not the unclean thing and I will receive you. I'll be a father to you and you shall be my sons and daughters. Come out. You can't have certain relations with them. And they are like your close-knit friends. You do your everything with them. You roll with them. You chill with them. You are at their parties. You are at their events. You, are, you won't do well as a Christian. God wants you to live a special life. Most of your problems comes from mixing with them. I say it again. Most of your problem comes from mixing with them. Yeah, mixing with them. Deeply and closely. So, you see the church, they talk about, the people talk about people. So, my unbeliever friend, they don't talk. Who told you? Who told you? Human beings are like that. All human beings are like that. How come suddenly when you get to the church, your standards seem very, very high. Your expectation of human beings seem has suddenly risen to the roof. Where it's like the church is filled with angels when you are also in the church. I mean, how can it be? Your presence in the church is enough proof that the church is not filled with angels. Neither is the church filled with perfect people. Your presence in the church is enough proof to you. That the church is not filled with angels or perfect people. But suddenly when you come to church, your standards have, have suddenly risen. And like I said, have, has conveniently risen to the church is full of angels. The church must be full of perfect people. When you are in the church, it's impossible. When I'm in the church, it's impossible. Yeah. Say amen. So come out from amongst them and be separate. Today, take a decision. Who should be your friend? Who should not be your friend? Principle number three. This one is also big. After you are born again, accept that you are set apart to be a peculiar person with a peculiar life. Okay, so it all starts like that. After you are born again, accept that you are set apart to be a peculiar person. With a peculiar life. By your pure and holy lifestyle. By what? Your pure and holy lifestyle. 
Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true, with thanksgiving. I'll be a living sanctuary for you. That's a song we sing all the time. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary. If you are singing, sing. If not, leave me alone. Pure and holy, tried and true, with thanksgiving, I'll be a living sanctuary. Let's sing it one more time. Lord, prepare me. Pure and holy. Tried and true. With thanksgiving. I'll be a sing all the time that Lord prepare me to be a sanctuary, a temple that is pure and is holy. Tried. It means James tried to make a move but he said, hey, 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 I don't do that anymore. John tried to make a move. He said, hey, brother, you were not in church last Sunday and that's why you are stretching your hand where it must not go. (laughs) Jimmy tried to he stretches lips, you slap it away. Jonathan, he looked at you and said, Hey, in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Judas, he called your number, you block him. Yeah, he said, Tried. Not that you have lived in your father's house the whole time of your life. Turn that. You have lived in your father's house the whole time of your life. So you have not been tried. But it says, tried, yet true. With thanksgiving, I'll be a living sanctuary for you. A living temple. When, when they see me, say, this one is a temple for Jesus Christ. That's a peculiar life. That's a peculiar life. That's a peculiar life. That's the song we sing all the time. But this is just a song. This is somebody's composition. Let's read the Bible. Ephesians chapter 2, I'm reading from verse 9. Ye hath he quickened, you has he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sin, wherein in time past you walk according to the course of this world. You walk like everybody in this world. According to the prince of the power of the air, anything you saw on social media, you just followed it. That spirit that works in the children of disobedience, among whom we also all had our for our behavior in times past in the last of the flesh fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind where in our nature children of wrath even as others so he said in time past we all used to behave like this we all used to fulfill the desires of our hearts and our minds anything that comes into our heart we do 
Today's world, that's how it is. Everybody does whatever they want to do. Everybody, when they want to have sex, they have sex. That's why the world is now full of fornication, fornicants, um, all their brothers. Adultery, everything. Yeah, because we all follow the desires of our hearts and our minds. Now, when you get born again, these desires, they don't disappear. They are still there. But the difference is that verse 4, you no longer follow them. I wish that it could be that you won't feel like doing something bad again. But God who is rich in mercy and great love that's all. We are going to verse chapter 4. I wish that these desires stand there, they will disappear. They will not be there anymore. But unfortunately, it's not so. As for the desires, they will be there forever. But the difference when you are now born again and living a peculiar life is that you no longer follow them. You no longer govern your life by them. As a Christian, it's not because you desire something, then you just jump into it. No. God wants you to have a special life, an unusual life, a life of somebody who's set apart, who's different, openly and outwardly different from everybody. You can't follow the desires of your heart and your mind any longer. 17 says, this I say therefore, we are continuing. Just imagine we are from verse 3, then we jump here. We are. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth from today walk not as other Gentiles walk. The word Gentiles is unbelievers, the people in the world. No longer, don't walk like them. Don't behave like them. Don't behave like them anymore. I, even I don't need to continue reading. You know the way unbelievers be- behave. Your unbelievers who are in your school, at your workplace, at your rest, and you know how they behave. I mean, it's a girl's rest, but there's a guy living in the room. Yes, in a girl's rest. He lives there. Yeah. Sometimes when you go to the bathroom, suddenly, booyah, that's a guy. at me like what I'm saying. You have seen some before. Sometimes it's even your guest. Or it's even you. Yeah, it's either your guest or you are the guest. You are in the, you have been in the mix somewhere before. Either or. You have a toothbrush in her room. I mean, she's in the room alone. When you come, there are two toothbrushes. One is pink, one is blue. Hey! I mean, she has bought a spare, a toothbrush for you. Say amen. Say another amen. Amen. Yeah. Toothbrush for you. His and hers. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the brush is not new. It's used. Anyway, let's read. Like I said, if you have any questions, I want you to ask the Bible. I, like, I'm, I'm taking, uh, how do you call it, indemnity? Is it indemnity? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm taking an indemnity clause so that you don't have to, you, when you go home, you want to argue with the preaching. You just argue with the Bible, not the pastor. So that's why I'm reading the scriptures. So you go and do your argument with the scriptures. Yeah. 
There's another word I can't remember. Apart from indemnity, there's another word. Anyway, the business people will remember. In the vanity of their minds, 18. We are going to 24. Having their understanding darkened. Unbelievers have their understanding darkened. God doesn't want your understanding to be dark. Being alienated from the life of God means being separated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. They are doing what they are doing because they don't know what it means. But you know what it means. Who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all, all uncleanness with greediness. This is what unbelievers do. And this is what God is saying. Don't do. But ye have not so learned Christ. You have not learned this thing from Christ. You have not come to church before that your pastor has taught you from the word of God that live that type of life. Leave that. All my messages are recorded. If you like, let's go and check. There has not even been once that I have told you that do this thing, do that, do that. No, never. I've seen a pastor say, have sex, but wear a condom. I've seen some before. Yeah, I've seen some before. But by the grace of God, I've never said such a thing to you before. When the thing goes, Kripa, oh. Am I lying or I'm telling the truth? Yeah. The way you are looking at me, it's like, hey, what is this that you are saying? But it's the, you were there, I was there. So when you have... But, where is shin guard? So your leg doesn't break. Like, wear a face mask so that they don't know that it's you. You think God doesn't know that it's you? Your pastor may not know, but God knows. He says, you have not learned. He's, he's saying, that, where did you learn this thing from, Bulelua? Where did you learn this thing from? What, what name did I give you again? Lipondo. Where did you learn this thing from? Fezi. Baby Shark, where did you learn this thing from? You have not learned this thing from church. You have not learned this thing from Christ. If so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, 22, that ye put off concerning the former conversation. I told you, conversation means behavior. So the past behavior of the old man, what you used to be, it says put it off, put it off, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. According to deceitful lusts. Be renewed. In the spirit of your mind. Be changed in your mind. Be changed. Tell yourself it's unacceptable. This is not how I must live. This is not how I must live. Tell yourself it's not acceptable. When you are being corrected, eh? Normal see me after church. When you are being corrected, it's just to show you what is not acceptable. Yeah, so this thing is not acceptable. It's sometimes even the problem is not that you did it. No, 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 no. As for doing things, we will all make mistakes. James 3, 2 says, in all things we offend all. It means in all things we make mistakes. So doing it is not really even the problem. But the problem is when it's pointed out to you that this thing is, it, it's not right. And you don't accept it in your mind that no, it's not right. And change. That's where the problem begins. 
That's where the problem actually begins. So he said, renew it in your mind, in your mind. It's, this is not the way to, I'm not a dog. I'm not an animal. It, it's animals who just, it's like, every, I mean, animals is like watching generations. Everybody's having sex with everybody. It's like animal, if you watch Animal Planet, you will see the same thing that is happening in generations. You see the same. The same. The same. But we are human beings. Specially chosen by God. He says, you are a chosen generation. A royal priesthood. A holy nation. A peculiar, a special people. You can't live like that. So you accept it in your mind. 24. He says, put on a new way of life. Put it on. He says, and put on the new man. Which is created in Christ Jesus. After Christ Jesus. In righteousness and true holiness. If you're a pastor, you want the church to grow, you don't preach some of these messages. But these are the truths. Bible says, follow after righteousness and true holiness, without which no man shall see God. If we don't preach about holiness, none of you will see God. Yeah. If we don't live a holy life, we will not see God. After holiness, without which, without holiness, no man. Follow peace with all men. Okay, it's peace. And holiness, without which no man shall see God. So as a church, we have to preach about it. And as a Christian, look, you have to believe God. When you hear that thing, you go and say, God, Charlie, God, oh God, today, hey, Kunzima, it was not easy for me at all in that one hour that Bishop Daniel was preaching. Hey, anywhere I pass, he will catch me. But God, I don't want to be like that. Help me. Help me with this fornication. Help me with this drunkenness. Help me with this smoking. Help me with this. Holy Spirit, please help me. I, I want to change. Yeah, and you, you only pray such a prayer when you accept it that it's wrong. Yeah, that's just a bit renewing the spirit of your mind. Then from there, you will see that he will start to help you to overcome. I see you subduing your flesh. Amen. Principle number four. After you are born again, accept that you are set apart to be a peculiar person with a peculiar life by the motivation of your life. By the motivation of your life. Accept that you are a peculiar person with a peculiar life by the motivation of your life. What is a motivation? Your motive. What drives you? What guides you? What pushes you? So it says, accept. Show this thing by the thing that drives you. Matthew, Matthew 6. Matthew 6. We are looking for 33, but let's start from 32. But the thing that guides you, the thing that you chase, the thing that you are seeking for, it says, for after all these things, you see, God is trying to make us stand out from unbelievers. So you see that all the verses, either there's Gentiles, unbelievers, do you see? So he takes what unbelievers do, then he tells you, don't do that, do this rather. Are, are you coming along? If you were here, a couple of, I told you, line upon line, line upon precept upon precept. That's how you build a doctrine. You say, 
For this is what this is how 32 says, these are the things unbelievers. If you go to the verses before, it talks about them looking for money, what they will eat, what they will wear, how they will survive, how they will look. That's the life of an unbeliever. But for a Christian, it says, Oh, yeah, for your heavenly father, you know, 33. They says, Let this be the motivation of your life, but seek ye first. Because your father knows that you need money. You need food. You need clothes to wear. You need a place to live and everything. He said, that's in 32. Then 33 says, but instead of chasing these things, instead of letting these things be your motivation, you want to grab these things. Rather, seek the kingdom of God first and his righteousness. Seek, look for, let that be your motive. Let that be what you are looking for. And all these things that the Gentiles are looking for, it will be added unto you. Many of us have decided to chase the things that God is going to add to our lives and we have left God. That's why we are struggling. We have left God. Rather, chase God so that God will add these things to your life. Some of us are trying to be popular. We want everybody to know us. We want to be famous. But chase God. God will add them to us. Someone says, hey, I'm just, I just need somebody to come and marry me. I just need, look, instead of chasing a husband, chase God. Chase God. Chase God. Chase God. If God cannot satisfy you, a man cannot satisfy you. Oh, yeah. I know people who are married and miserable. The worst decision they ever made was to get married. Yeah. Worst, like to marry. Worst decision of their lives. But once you are married, you are locked. Of course, if you come and see me as your pastor. So, my husband, oh, I said, go and submit to him. The Bible says, wife, submit yourself to your own husband in the name of Jesus. Receive the power to submit and be in the marriage. That's what I will tell you. Yeah, I'll never. Do. I, leave him, leave him to go away. When the Bible is against divorce, never. You be with him, ah. Uh. You beat you. Uh. Yeah. So seek God and let God add a husband, a good man, to your life. Yeah, we're seeking the wrong things. Psalm 27, the Bible says that the Lord is my, the, the, my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even my enemies and my foe, came upon me to eat my flesh, they stumbled and they fell. Do an host shall encamp around me. In this will I be confident. One thing have I desired, that's where I'm going. Although war may rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing have I desired. And that will I seek after, verse 4. He said, one thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in his name. He said, this is the goal of my life. And this, the goal of my life. Hey, where is she? Take my life. He said, the goal of my life is this thing. And let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. All my hope I put in thee to love you more. You see, I'm not a singer. When they force me to sing, it's hard. Ne? 
are wasted all the time. Next week, next week you will sing. Yeah. This is the goal of my life. That I will seek the Lord. Go back to Matthew. That I will seek the Lord. When we seek the Lord. I, since I finished university. In fact, since I finished matric, I've been seeking God up to today. Wow. Yeah, since I finished matric. Seeking the Lord. That's why I have a certain life. Look, do you understand? No stress. That's me. <laughs> no stress. Oh, no, no. If no stress was a person, you will see him standing in front of you. Yeah, no stress. In the flesh. Yeah. Hmm. Even when I'm feeling cold, I feel cold inside. Have you seen me wearing jerseys before? Uh-huh, it should tell you something. <laughs> yeah, because, no, it's like, no stress. Coolly, because God will buy all means. God has the final seat. You can shake and shake and shake. God has the final seat. Yeah. Yeah. And I've, hey, hey, Pastor, maybe you have not been under pressure before. You want to understand pressure. He's also standing in front of you. Yeah. Sometimes I'm pushed to the very edge. go to my room I kneel down and I lift up my hands after I get up I just start moving on have some tea and move on that exercise kneeling down lifting up my hand and speaking to God oh you have no idea what it does no idea no idea no idea you will see the storm will blow, 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 then suddenly, boom. It's, quiet. it's like the ring announcer has forgotten that we have to go for round two. He's not making any announcement. Boom, then it's quiet like that. Yeah. I've seen it so many times in my life. Yeah. Seek God and let God add things to you. Number next one. Number five. Number five is also a little tricky. After you are born again, accept that you are set apart to be a peculiar person with a peculiar life by keeping the Sabbath. By keeping the Sabbath. Exodus 31, verse 12 to 17 says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, God spoke to Moses more than anybody in the Bible. Yeah. If you like, go and check the Bible. If you go to the Bible, type, and the Lord speak unto. You see, most of the things you see will be Moses. Saying, seek thou also. Speak thou also unto the children of the saying, Verily, my Sabbaths ye shall keep. For it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations. That ye may know that I am the Lord that doth sanctify thee. He shall keep the Sabbath therefore, for it is a holy, it is holy unto you. Everyone that defileth it shall surely be put to death. For whosoever doth doeth any work therein, that soul shall be cut off from among the people. Six days may work be done, but in the seventh day is the Sabbath of rest. Holy to the Lord. Whosoever doeth any work on the Sabbath shall surely be put to death. Wherefore, the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath 
to observe the Sabbath throughout their generations for a perpetual covenant. It is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. One of the key signs of a Christian is keeping the Sabbath. Church is very quiet. Yeah, if I had said it, the argument would start. But we have read it from the Bible. Church is very quiet. Five things you should know about the Sabbath. The Sabbath is a sign. It's a special sign to God for God's people. It's a day of rest for God's people. It's a day of going to church. It's a day of hearing the word of God. And it's a day for preaching and teaching the word of God. The Sabbath, you see, any serious religion has a special day that they, 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 they set apart for God. If you take our, our brothers, the Muslims, Fridays. Fridays for serving God. No matter what you are in the shop to buy, at one o'clock, the shop will be closed on Friday. Twelve, ne? Yeah, twelve. Closed. Even normal, but maybe let's look at Friday. Friday is the day that is closed longest. Closed. For they are God. If you take the Jews, Saturday they don't do any work. Yeah, if you are in Israel, you want to eat on Saturday, make sure you have food. Because no shop will be open for you to even buy food to eat. Even if you are at the hotel, they will not serve you food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They will not come and clean your room. They will not serve you food. They will nothing on Saturday. If you plan to turn on your light, you turn the light on on Friday. Because Saturday, consider even switching the light off as work. You can't. Yeah, if you are in the lift, they set the lift to automatic on Friday. So every floor it gets to you opens. So if you are going to 20th floor and you get in in first floor, when it gets on the ground floor, when it gets to first floor, ping, then it will open. Whether somebody enters or not, then it will close. Second floor, ping, like that, till it gets to floor 120. I mean, I've been in a building that goes up to 120 and all these things. Till it gets there. Then when it gets there, it starts coming down like that. When you are in the, in the elevator, it takes forever to get down. Yeah, you'll be in the lift for like one hour just to get down. Yeah. That's it. Christians also, we have chosen Sunday as the day that we serve God. It's a special day for God. It's a special day that we have set aside to serve God. You can't be playing football Sunday morning. You say you don't have time for God. The person who doesn't respect the Sabbath, the Bible says, God will kill the person. You know something? We will get to heaven and see so many people who died on this earth. We thought they died of corona or they died of AIDS or TB. You will get to heaven and they will show you that this guy, he died because he didn't respect the Sabbath. Because not everybody who gets corona dies. Not everybody who gets HIV is dead. I know a very a celebrity, a very popular that I don't want to mention. I was in um, high school, grade nine, when he tested positive for HIV. He's still around today. Stronger. Yeah. I know two people, actually, I can mention them. If I mention them, you know them. But I don't, the world is now viral. So if you mention their name, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a distinct. Yeah. Yeah, they're still around. Not everybody gets, so he was, oh, he was very healthy. Oh, he was well, very strong. I know somebody who used to run 
One day he was running, he got a heart attack and he died. Healthy. Meanwhile, the person was eating McDonald's beggar, growing fat, he's still around. Yeah. So you will get to heaven and see that hey, that your grandmother is Sabbath that killed their grandmother. Yeah. Not what you thought. Yeah, because God said, anybody who doesn't respect them, Sabbath, you they cut the person off. But me, God, I'll kill the person. And Christians, we joke with it. We joke with it. You can just say, today I feel tired. I'm doing my washing. Sunday morning, I'm doing assignment. You are doing assignment. You are doing, oh, please, I have work to do in school. You are just doing a HR, tourism. Courses that we can slip through and pass. You say you are swamped. What do you mean? So people in medical school, what should they do? People doing architecture, what should they do? Sometimes I watch today's students who are being helped by Google. Google and internet. Behave as though they are doing a course. But when you finish school, maybe you should get a job that they pay you one million a day. Because how hard you, you claim to be working? Oh, please. Wait till God takes that opportunity away from you. You wait. I, I married my wife. We, me and my wife, we are there. You don't have time to come to church on a Sunday. Wait till God messes it up. Our lives are, are like frying an egg. You see, sometimes you fry the egg. You want the yolk to stand at one place. I mean, and you want the white to, yeah, the yolk should stand in the middle. Ne? What do you call it? Smiley, sunny, sunny side. Sunny side up. No problem. So it's, sun, it's, it's sunning up like that normally. All God needs to do is to take a fork and pass through it once. Your sunny side is spoiled. It has become night time. Yeah. You wait. You, you, you see, we are playing games with God. It's unfortunate. We are playing games with God. This, look, there, I have about seven scriptures on the Sabbath. I think one day I should just preach about only the Sabbath so that I can take one hour to dissect it clearly to you. So I'm doing my washing. I'm studying. You, you can't even darken the doorway of the church. Two hours on a Sunday. You are a disgrace to Christianity, to the blood of Jesus, the precious blood that Jesus shed on Calvary's cross for you. You are let down. Yeah. Who, who, who is this one also? You, you see. Yeah. Yeah. S- Sunday. Like in, in 154 hours in a week, God says just three hours of your day, come and spend it in my house. You don't have it. Yeah. And when you sleep, you believe to wake up the next day. Okay. Good luck. Good luck. Hey, Bishop, you are cursing. I'm not cursing anybody. Not at all. I'm just explaining the word of God to you. Sometimes I, it's funny to me when I see these things. It's funny. You look like a joke. So, uh, I'm busy. The schoolwork is difficult. Really? Then you are not qualified to be in school. You are not. I say it again. You are not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Matric is okay. That's your highest level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, me. I went to school with people in medical school. They were doing medical medicine. The two most difficult courses, as in time-consuming courses in the university. Do you see? Not necessarily the most difficult, but time-consuming. Architecture and medicine. There are other difficulties if you do become accounting. Very difficult. Not time-consuming, but very difficult. If you do pharmacy, very difficult. 
very difficult. But at least you can have some room to breathe. When my wife was doing pharmacy in school, she was pastoring a church of 400 people. Pastoring them. As a, a, and she never failed, even once. Even once. You are just doing HR or public management. You say you can't breathe. Ah! HR management. People are doing law. Another, another time-consuming course in the university is law. LLB. Not you are doing psychology, uh, English, and law. No, no, no. I mean LLB, law. Oh, you are doing politics, philosophy, and law. No, that's not what I'm talking about. That's why you are just doing something. We all do. When you do management, you do a little law. Where do you think I know all the law for? You think it's all from law and order? Some of it is from school. Not everything. Not my law degree. Not all of it is acquired from te- is television acquired. Some of it is also from school. There's a little law. Even when I was doing my trick, there's, a, there's law in statistics. Business law. Yeah, commercial law, criminal law, different, but you are doing LLB time. You read that. Even when you are asleep, you see the words are moving in front of your eyes. Then you are doing just some of these courses. We don't even know where to fit them. Psychology. I said psychology. I met a guy doing psychology. I said, what? I said psychology. I said, what course is psychology? He said, the course you are doing, I can't mention the name. He said, you are so swam. Please stop, stop, stop that. Stop, stop. Look, you can deceive yourself that you are deceiving us. But with experience, we know. We know. And not other people's experience, our personal experience. So stop. So save, stop. Even stop telling us. Stop telling us. Because we don't believe it. We know that we don't believe it. We do not. We look, we doesn't. We doesn't. We doesn't. <laughs> We doesn't believe, not that we don't believe you, we doesn't believe it. I'm so busy. I'm looking after my children. Wait till God scrambles it. Jesus had a custom of going to church on a Sunday. I think I'll finish with this, please. Hey, Pastor, who told you that the Sabbath is Sunday? Isn't it a good question to answer and go home? I think so. Because you have some of these people who like to ask some of these questions. Although I've explained it already. Romans chapter 14. I read that scripture. Give you one more point or something. And then we fly home. It says. Him that. At 14. I'm reading from verse 1. Him that is weak in the faith. Receive ye. Be not double. Be not of doubtful disputation. Verse 2. I like the way the church is quiet. For one believer that he may eat all things, another who is weak, eateth herbs. Salad and things. Ne? Those are the people who tell us salad, water is life. And we are drinking Coca-Cola and they are ordering water. Yeah. Let him that eateth this let, let not him that eateth despise him that eateth not. Don't, don't look down on the next, oh, because he's not eating, I mean, he's doing something. No, don't have, it's not necessary for this argument. And let not him that eateth judge, let him that, not him that eateth, not judge him that eateth. For God hath received him. So God has received all of us. Whether I'm eating or you are not eating, he has received all of us. Who art thou? Have we read verse 3? 
What's verse 3? Okay, verse 4. Who art thou that judges another man's servant? To his own master, he standeth or falleth. Leave him to his master to judge him. Yea, he shall be holding up. He shall be holding up for God is able to make him stand. Verse 5. One man estimate one day above another. Another estimate every day alike. Let every man be fully persuaded, fully convinced in his mind. Verse 6. He that regarded the day regarded it unto the Lord. And he that regarded not the day to the Lord, he that not regard it. He that eateth, eateth to the Lord. And for he, for he giveth thanks. And he that eateth not to the Lord, he eateth not and giveth thanks. We can go all the way to verse 10. Let's go verse 7. For none of us live unto ourselves, and no man dieth unto ourselves. Verse 8. For, if we, for whether we live, we live unto the Lord, and whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live therefore or die, we are the Lord's. Verse 9. For this end, Christ both died and rose and revived that he might be Lord, both of the dead and the living. Verse 10. But why dost thou judge thy brother? And why dost thou set at naught thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And it goes on and on and on. But here he's saying that, look, verse, I think verse 5, and he said, one person, re, he, he extinguishes one, he takes a day, he said, this day is special. He takes it unto the Lord. Not Saturday, not Sunday, not Friday, any day. He takes a day. He said, this day, I have set this day apart. This day, I don't do washing, I don't do cooking, I don't do, I set it apart for the, I use it to rest. Like me, as, as your pastor, on Sundays, I'm working. Like today, as I've come here, I'm, it's work I'm doing. No, I'm not, I'm not on a holiday. This is not how my holidays are like. Last time I was on holiday, it wasn't like this. I had no microphone. Nobody was looking at me. Even if I want to cough, I can't cough because you are here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if I cough, you say the pastor is coughing corona into So I can't even cough. You get it? I can't do the things I want to do. I have to do my work. So I'm working. But I'm fulfilling preaching and teaching, hearing the word of God. Blah, blah. Mondays are my Sabbath. I just rest. Play golf. Watch Jackie Chan. See him shooting, kicking all the people. Yeah, that's what I do on Mondays. It's my day of rest. I'm reviving my mind, everything. So he said, the he that esteem, regarded a day, he regards that day unto the Lord. That's, that's the Sabbath. So when you see somebody who is serving day advance, a Sabbath is Sabbath, there's no need to argue with him. He's right. The Muslims say Sabbath is Friday. They are also right. It's the day they have chosen. Yeah. It's the day they have chosen to rest, to hear the word of God, to go to church. That's the day they have chosen. You have no such day. There's not even one day. You say you are so busy with your, your, your home that you can't go to church. Ah, hey, hey. You see, when I hear that, it's so funny to me. It's so funny. It's I'm busy. My husband wants to eat. I'm cooking. Oh, how sad. How sad. So it's a day, Spa, that you set apart that this day, 
is to, I meet people who, by nature of their job, like my wife is at work today. She cannot be here. She's at work. But have you ever seen a Tuesday evening that she's not here before? When she's controlling her time. Oh. So I meet people, it's like, the nature of their jobs, they, they are not readily available on a Sunday. I say, choose Tuesday as the special day that you use to, to fulfill this scripture. Special. No, it may not be that Tuesday will come and you are not in church. No, never. Never. I mean, I've traveled to a place where when I got there, I didn't know where the church was. I traveled from one province to another province to find a church there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I travel from one province. I travel from this province to the next place. This, this province there, I can tell where the church. In those days, we didn't have GPS and all those things. I can tell where the church is. I walked different blocks till I found the church. When I found, I saw. I saw those days we used to use yellow and black. I saw a yellow and black signboard, small one. That I said, ah, our church is somewhere here. I went there. When I went there, was one usher. He was cleaning the church. When I entered the church, hello, hello, you're welcome. I said, really? Okay, what are you doing? So I'm arranged. I said, let's do it. I started to arrange the church, sweep the... I'm sure the guy was saying, hey, who is this guy? <laughs> sweep the church, everything. When we finished everything, because I came here, I didn't know when the church was. I came, when we finished, I took one of the chairs at the back. I sat down coolly. And the day, I'm sure he was watching me. When they finished, the chair, he was saying, zealous brother, I'm going to get this guy to join my basanta. Yeah. To play. I mean, one of the times we were traveling through Europe, I told my wife, let us plan our day such that Saturday we will be in Milan so that we can go to church on Sunday. I said, no way. I can't be anywhere. I, whatever we are doing, I can't be in a place where there's no, we don't have a church there. Whatever. No, I mean, she was planning the trip with Yvonne. I said, what, however you guys plan it, me, I don't care. But plan it such that on Saturday I will arrive in Milan. That's all I'm looking for. Wake up on Sunday. I can even leave Milan on Sunday. It's not a problem. But I want to wake up on Sunday in Milan so that I can go to church. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. When I woke up on Sunday, I had been calling the pastor the whole day. Saturday when I got to Milan, I couldn't get the pastor. Sunday morning, fortunately, the pastor answered my call. I said, I want, please, I want to come to church. He said, oh, please, even come and preach in my church. Please, come and, I'm sending somebody to come and get you to come and preach in my church. Yeah. I wasn't going to church because I was the preacher. I was going to church as a Christian. As a Christian. You when you come, you just joke with church. You take church as a game. You wait till God scrambles it. Yeah. Number six and number seven. After you are born again, you are set apart to be a peculiar Christian, to have a peculiar life. With, a pec- with your peculiar tithing habit. The Sabbath can be any day. The most important thing is that you fulfill these five things. Lucky, right? Good. Are you lucky? Chico, yeah, Chico. I'll get it. Don't worry, Chico. You fulfill these five things. Rest. Hear the word of God. Preach the word of God. Come to church. Leave it aside. That's how we know Muslims. They are by their dressing, 
by the, how they honor Fridays. That's how we know them. Always they are wearing a cap. It's as though they don't have a barber to cut their hair for to them to show their hair style nice. You small mask that you have to wear. You are angry because it doesn't allow you to show your makeup. For them all their life, they are wearing a hat on their head. I mean, you used to be an imam, Islam also. Eh, oh, not a junior imam. Okay, okay, no problem, no problem. Yeah, every day you are wearing a, you cover, they use something to rub their, as though they can't do. Meanwhile, they have long hair and everything. Their hair is very nice. They could have shown it, but because they want to be peculiar to the Lord, they always wrap it. When they get into their house, they take it off, then they swing their hair and say, wow, etihu or something like that. When they are tired of the hair and they cut it, then they sell it to us as Indian hair, Brazilian hair, Jamaican hair, any hair. The hair that they are tired of, they send it to us. Yeah, and you buy it with money. But you don't want to stand out. And one of the things I said that makes them stand out is how they respect their Sabbath. You don't want to respect your Sabbath. Just, I'm so busy. Hey, you were feeling here not so long ago. Wait till God turns the tide. Malachi chapter 3 verse 10. It says, bring ye the tithe into my store that there may be meat in my house and prove me therewith and so on and so forth. Unbelievers don't pay tithe. You can't talk to an unbeliever about tithe. Some of you are trying to convince unbelievers so that you can pay tithe. Unbelievers don't pay tithe. Tithing is for Christians. And one of the things that makes you special as a Christian makes you, is your belief in tithe and pain of tithe. And number seven, as after you are born again, you, be, you are, accept that you are set apart for, for a, to be a peculiar person with a peculiar life with distinct blessings. Malachi 3.14, ye said, in vain, it is in vain to serve God. And what profit is it that we have kept his ordinance and that we have walked mournfully before the Lord? Verse 18 says, then shall you return to discern between the righteous and the wicked, between the person who served God and the person who did not serve God. God is going to bless us as we serve him. It is not in vain to serve God. God is going to bless us. There's a special blessing for people who serve God. And as we serve God, as our peculiar, our special life, God will come and he will bless us. Stand to your feet. Let's bring this service to a close. Lift your hands, let us pray. Father, thank you for this opportunity to live a peculiar and a special life. Let today mark a turnaround for many under the sound of my voice. I speak the power of the Holy Ghost into this congregation right now to bring a change into our hearts. Let us be renewed in the spirit of our minds that we will set ourselves apart. We will come out from amongst them and be separate unto you. In the name of Jesus, that will live a life which is pure, which is holy, unto you alone. In the name of Jesus. We will regard the Sabbath. We will respect the Sabbath. From today, let the Sabbath mean something different to us. Let us change our plans. Let us change our schedules. Let us reorganize our lives. So that we can be in your presence all the time. On the Sabbath day, we shall observe the Sabbath day. That you don't take the opportunity that we have away from us. We give you praise. We give you glory. 
in Jesus mighty name and everybody said amen why don't you put your hands together for Jesus thank you for joining us we believe you have been blessed by this life transforming message by Bishop Daniel Harley for more information contact us at 204 Peter Kirchhoff Street Peter Maritzburg or call 083 773 1605. God richly bless you.